podcast Bench Talk. I'm Jo Hilditch, High Sheriff of Herefordshire, and today I'm talking to Louise Taylor, who's a participant of the BBO project. This acronym is for Building Better Opportunities, a programme that Louise has been part of for two years. This has involved trying to help Louise to get into either voluntary work, paid work or training. Despite her disability, Louise is blind, she has been a fantastic participant in the project and a star baker, as well as supporting everyone else in the group. So today Bench Talk comes from the HVOS offices in Broad Street, so excuse the noise of the telephones in the street outside if we hear them, and let's hope that drill isn't going to start up again. <laughs> so Louise, welcome. Have you, have you always lived in Herefordshire? No, I moved to Herefordshire in 2010 um, when I went to the Blind College. Uh, before that, I was born and brought up in Essex. Essex? I yes. thought I, I detected a little bit of an Essex accent there. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so you, you were at school in Essex, were you? Well, I was actually in school in Kent. Um, I went to a special boarding school for blind and partially sighted pupils. And we covered everything from GCSEs and all that stuff. But we also did a lot of extra key skills. They called it key skills, which was basically learning how to, learning how to survive in the sense of we... We, for obvious reasons, we would have to have certain things adapted for our needs in terms of cooking, cleaning, learning how to safely use this gadget or that gadget because it's hot or it's not safe, sharp knife, for example. And we were taught special, we were especially taught how to survive in the real world with things like that. And at the time, it was just the usual boring key skill session. Okay, we're going to learn how to cut up a cooking apple into chips today. <laughs> but you know what? Looking back on it, that was invaluable because now I live in my own place. I have done for a long time. I cook and people tell me I'm quite a good cook. <laughs> I keep my house clean and tidy and I basically do pretty much all the domestic stuff that most people do. Uh, the only thing I do struggle with sometimes is running the hoover around, but that's just because... Who likes to do that? Well, huh? exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I do my best, and that's all you can do. And do you have lots of family and friends around you in Herefordshire? I've got friends, and my dad moved up here two years ago. He retired um, and moved away from Essex to be up here near to me, which is really nice. He's got his little bungalow as well, so he's happy, bless him. I've got a very good support network of friends. It's amazing. I'm really, really happy up here. So as a blind person, what are your day-to-day challenges? Day-to-day challenges uh, mostly involve environments that I'm not familiar with, i.e. out in public, being somewhere that I don't know my way around, uh, obstacles in the road, roadworks or, or pavements being dug up, Public transport going in different routes, for example, if there's a diversion. There's all sorts of stuff around COVID, which I will. Yeah, I was going to say, has it been different in COVID? It's been a lot different since COVID. Um, Before COVID, I was in town probably five days a week doing bits and pieces. Shopping was never a problem because, okay, trying to navigate your way around the supermarket, the obstacles is you know it was it was one thing but you'd get assistance and they'd come and give you a hand there was never an issue you, if you had to queue up somewhere you could just you know stand behind the person in the last person in the queue and then just ask is this the back of the queue yes no problem covid took all that away because supermarkets uh, assistants in supermarkets didn't want to touch you they didn't want to touch a piece of paper 
that you were carrying either. So we didn't even have the luxury of going, can you, if I give you a list, can you go and get these bits for me? Oh, no, no, because you've touched that paper. Um, We've had issues where people have been refused shopping. We've had issues where people have been chucked out, well, not chucked out, but asked to leave shops because there's no one to assist. White lines on on the ground to mark where you stand. Yeah, so the two metre separation. The two metre thing was a nightmare because whether you've got a cane or a guide dog, you cannot judge two metres if you can't see. You just can't, it just can't be done. And most people were okay, sort of telling me, oh, you're a little bit close, can you stand back a bit? But there was always somebody that was either panicking or just not very nice about it. And you're too close. I'm so sorry, I can't see you. Independence just went completely out of the window. And it was a very, very isolating time. In the first lockdown, there was no public transport, no buses. Getting to, you know, getting to town in of itself was was horrible. My poor dad was having to do everything for me, which I'm not used to. I've always been a very independent person. And I, I've, while it's fine to ask for assistance, there's a bit of a distant difference between asking for and relying on assistance. And I've never needed to rely on anybody. So let's come to um, BBO. Tell me about BBO as a as a programme and then let's hear a bit more about your own participation in it. Well, BBO helps people to get into voluntary work or paid employment or on training courses to help get them into voluntary work or paid employment. And I approached them just over two years ago because I'd tried applying for jobs. I'd tried applying for... Uh, through different through the job center uh, through sure trust and, and others and i wasn't getting anywhere well i was getting interviews but i wasn't getting past the interviews and i was getting very you know positive feedback brilliant interview but somebody's just beating you to it and i i heard of bbo through a friend and i thought let's give these guys a go and see what they can do and when i first met mandy who is kind of in charge of the bbo project um, we had a good long chat and a good long consultation about my particular skills and my what my job, what, what kind of jobs I would like or what kind of jobs I think I can do. And I was focusing on administration because that's what I'm qualified in. I got my NVQ at the, at the College for the Blind. She said, well, there are other skills there that you could use. And before I knew where I was, she'd got me into uh, befriending. And I was a face-to-face befriender at... Um, the Rose Garden, which is a, a retirement place in Hereford. And that was right up my street because I'm, I'm more than happy to sit and have a coffee and eat cake until the cows come home. That's <laughs> that's my kind of work. We, we like it. I just kind of got settled in and bang, the world went dead. It kind of, everything just shut down. And there was no group. It was all one-to-one based before COVID. So let's move to baking. What was that all about? Well, again, that was a, a just that started off as a group activity, just because there was so much isolation during lockdown. It just was it was born out of a really uh, silly just just let's a few of us get together, have a go at baking a few cakes on Zoom, and see if it see if it works. If it doesn't work, it's a disaster. If it does, brilliant. And it did, and the group got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and we decided to make a little book of our personal lockdown journey stories interspersed with a recipe from each of us and we obviously it needed producing and a quite costly exercise and we thought how can we raise the money to get this going because obviously we want to keep it as a not as a memory of covid because you don't want memories of covid but a memory of the kind of getting together community 
spirit that it kind of brought to the to the project and we thought how are we going to get this i know why don't we do a 12-hour bakeathon on zoom <laughs> and i think the first time it was mentioned someone in the group went what how is that going to work it's because we've got time it's a long time there's batteries that are going to go dead there's technical problems that could happen the internet could go down how is this going to happen no way but we said okay well, well we'll try it let's see what happens i'm sure there's ways around it we managed to stretch it to 13 hours in november we did in all in our own kitchens we had big posters stuck to our fridges about the bake-off we had a fundraising just giving page we had um, a public zoom link so that people friends and family could come and watch us bake and we we did um we did not just baking but we cooked lunch and dinner and had lunch and dinner together as well which was really nice and it went on for 13 hours and we raised 1500 pounds so that was enough done. to produce the book it was enough to produce the book and it was also the, the kind of team spirit yeah. was amazing because also it was a way of kind of broadening our horizons broadening our skill sets everybody took turns at leading a recipe sort of telling everybody else how to do this bit and how to do that bit leadership skills were kind of put in there as well it was the whole thing was just a brilliant it was great fun but it was also a brilliant exercise in just kind of team building confidence so, but the whole lot yeah so was silver amazing. linings wasn't there I yeah mean, there were some silver linings to definitely COVID. And the other thing is, I'll put a link in my bio. You can buy this book and it will make a really nice Christmas present for somebody. It's full of stories and it's full of really great recipes as and well. And photos. And photos. And photos of, of, the, of, of the yummies we've cooked. Of course. <laughs> and, and then I also heard that you run your own radio programme. Tell me a bit about that. I do, yes. that uh, That's away from the project. But that's, um, again, myself and a little group of um, people that have, have become very good friends now again we kind of made our own little group online just before covid and um one of these chaps had a little radio an internet radio outfit world's awakening radio it's called and we decided a few of us just completely as a hobby again through lockdown we'll do a few show we'll do a show on there we'll, you know we'll, we'll do our own build it up as our own little station do shows all day so we can hear each other's voices and just here again take away a bit of the sense of isolation and it worked really really well so we, we run you're still doing those now we we've kept the station going we run from nine in the morning until um some days it's two 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 o'clock the next morning because we've got a few people from america now you're doing, doing music shows. as well it's all so it's music there's a bit of comedy banter there's a couple of chat shows sports shows it's there's the works i so do come on plug it what's it called again world's awakening radio it's available on your smart speakers if you've got one of these amazon alexa thingies i'm always scared of saying her name <laughs> don't uh, worry i haven't got one you so i do wrote, two shows a week i think you wrote and put together an audio panto as we well, did sounds quite interesting we did the, the the group from the station we again we were thinking christmas it was when we found out that christmas wasn't going to be the same and we thought okay how are we gonna can we, can we do something to cheer each other up and our friends and family up over christmas and some someone said well why don't we do some kind of radio play so that we can play it out on the radio or we can just put it onto hard drives or discs or email it across to people and just cheer them up and we got together as a group and we decided to do it as a pantomime so i wrote the script we did cinderella I wrote the script, um, everybody did their lines, and it was a proper pantomime. So it was all the, oh no, there isn't, oh yes, there is, and everything else. And we 
made it sound really authentic. We made it sound like it was coming out of a theater. So we had the reverb like you'd have in the theater. You, we had the audience laughter, the sound effects. It, so did you put this all together? I wrote it and we have a, a group of lads who got together and did the editing. And everybody just recorded their lines and sent them in or recorded them over Team Talk, which is like an audio version of Zoom. And it was all put together and it was played out just before Christmas on Boxing Day and then on New Year's Eve. And we're doing we're doing the same yeah, this again, year as well. well. We're well doing done. Peter Pan this year. So that'll be, that'll be good. So we'd better get back to your volunteering <laughs> role, I think. What about, um, so what volunteering have you done? As I said, well, the, the befriending yeah. was the first one. I, um, I, before that, I worked voluntarily for Herefordshire Vision Links. I worked with them from 2014 up to 2019. And that was just working on reception, helping people who had just lost their sight or were losing their sight, giving a bit of moral support, showing people it's possible to make a cup of tea if you if you can no longer see what you're doing. There are gadgets and gizmos to help you, talking to people about things like talking books, helping to run some of the social groups, that kind of thing. But then um, when I joined HVOS, of course, the befriending as well. And I started, I've also started doing telephone befriending with Age UK. That was all done again through the BBO project. Um, I approached them last year and said, I really want to get stuck back into volunteering during and after the pandemic because the isolation was just, it's been horrendous for so many people. So I said, well, is there anything I can do to just help somebody feel a little bit less isolated? So that's how I became involved with Age UK and I do a telephone befriending once a week. I was also invited um, as a participant to watch the HVOS volunteer fair last year, which was all done on YouTube. And it was where different organisations from Hereford and the wider county gave a pitch to say why that what they wanted in volunteers, why they needed volunteers, the kind of people they were after. And this lady from Citizens Advice came on and my brain just had a light bulb moment. And I thought, you know what? I'd love to do something like that. I'd love to do something that's really close to my heart. Things like benefits, employment, housing, all that stuff is really, really close to my heart. And... You know, stuff that I have needed assistance with in the past. And I'd really love to be able to help somebody the way that I've been helped by these guys. And I approached them with the help of the BBO project. And I now have a voluntary position there at the local CAB. I start my advisor training with them on the 21st, which I'm really looking forward to. And I'm absolutely loving it. Well, and is that what a couple of days a week or how much the training time is do you on? Spend? Um, I go into the office on a Monday, and the training is done remotely on a Thursday afternoon. So, technically, two days a week. So, Louise, we probably can't finish this interview without talking about your lovely friend here. Tell me all about him, Andrew the dog. Bless him, Andrew the dog. Um, he is my guide dog, a lovely little black lab. He's a monkey because labs are monkeys but they're delightful they do eat everything they are he is a delightful little monkey i've had him a year now it's gone very quick he's been great and and to be fair i trained with him just after the first lockdown do you have to do much of the training yourself i had three weeks um of training with an instructor actually it was two weeks this time it was two weeks and that went badly wrong because the second day of training I fell over and twisted my ankle mm-hmm. and there's a lot of walking going on with the guide dog training because you have to literally you have to 
I have to have a knowledge of my local area, but also I have to teach that knowledge to him. So it's very much kind of learning how to work as a, a new partnership. And there are teething problems. There are, as, as with anything like that, there are, there are teething problems and there are hurdles to overcome. The first week, the dog is basically feeling his way. So he's kind of getting to know you, you're getting to know him. The second week is like, okay, what can I do to test this new person now? And that's when he starts being naughty and playing up. But it, it usually play, it usually kind of goes back to how it should be after a couple of days. But well, he's very peaceful, I must say. Yeah, he is very contented. He's, he's, how long um, will he stay with you? Good health willing, probably till about 10. Really? Yeah, my last one retired. She was just coming up to her 10th birthday. And she now lives with my dad. And they're both extremely happy about that, bless them. And it's been good company for him as well. Because yeah, obviously she retired during lockdown. So he... So it, did you have to train, what's your dog called? Andrew. Andrew. During COVID? Yes, it was between challenge. two lockdowns. It okay. wasn't that bad because yeah. th things were open. We were able to go for a coffee. We were able to go for a, um, you know, into town and get a bit of a feel for the town. And it, so it wasn't too bad. If it had been before things had opened up, it would have been a, a lot yeah, worse really because, tricky. yeah, it would have been a lot trickier because obviously there would have been a lot less people, which for training would have been great. But of course, coming into the real world, we would have had to learn all over again what town was like and, and all the markets and the street furniture and everything else. And But no, I've been very lucky. He's, he's, he's been great. So I have a, another question at the end of every interview I do. I mean, usually it's three top tips for Herefordshire tourism, but I'm going to give you four because I'm going to give you one for the dog. One for the dog. Right. And three for you. Okay. Top tips. Start with the dog. The dog? Do you mean top tips in terms of places to go? Yeah. Well... Of course, because anybody with a dog, guide dog or not guide dog, knows that there is a lot of walking involved. Ah, so um, where do you take him? <laughs> we go to quite a lot of places, but my favourite is Queenswood. We use we visit Queenswood a lot because there's a lot of open space. There's a lot of places for him to go for a run, a bit of a snip. The, the pathways are good. There are these brilliant little interactive things. Now you turn the dial and it tells you a little bit about the history of Queenswood. They're dotted about all over the place. A nice little cafe and everything. So that's but good for you. As it's well. good for me. Yeah, yeah, it's good for me. And um, okay, so it's, three it's top very tips. peaceful, very nice place to go. So it's three top tips for you then. Um, the cathedral's nice, and for anybody that is listening to this who is blind, there is a map of Hereford and the sort of surrounding area of the cathedral, and it's tactile. It's all three D with braille um, that you can go and have a look at. You can go into the cathedral and have a good look around. It's nice and peaceful and everything else. And it's, I, I do like, I, I must, I do like the cathedral and the carol service they do at Christmas is amazing. We're planning okay. to go back there this year. The courtyard is another one that I couldn't recommend highly enough. The staff there are lovely, but also the performances they're putting on a lot more performances with extra audio description for visually impaired people to follow. You get a touch tour of the uh, the set and the costumes and everything else. So. That's brilliant. Number three. Number three. Now this was a difficult one because it's it's either a pub or a cafe, um, but I think we're going to go with the cafe because it's in the centre of town, and they're just so helpful and lovely. If you're looking for a cup of coffee, a sandwich, a nice homemade bit of cake, number ten on Church Street. It's my favourite. Absolutely amazing. And if you've got a guide dog, not too much trouble. They'll come over and read the menu for you. They'll make sure you're okay. They're just brilliant in there. Couldn't fault them, couldn't rate them highly enough. 
Thank you, Louise, for your interview today. I know you don't feel it's remarkable to do what you do and to live like you live, but it is very impressive how normalised your life seems to be, Thank despite you. its challenges. You would be a truly caring and remarkable employee, and the CAB will be a better place for having you working there. I know that you've got to go shopping, and then you're having a nice <laughs> place of risotto with your friend round the corner, and hopefully you might get a gin and tonic later. So <laughs> have a nice rest of the day. Thank you very much, Joe been amazing thank you thank you